Welcome to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issues of climate change. I'm Gao Jinya. China and Australia have been solid partners in exploring the Antarctica for over four decades. The two nations have been conducting wide cooperation efforts, ranging from logistics and scientific research to environmental protection. In today's program, we explore China and Australia's joint efforts to contribute to the preservation of the Antarctica's environment and ecology. The partnership between China and Australia in exploring Antarctica dates back to 1980, when Australia invited two Chinese scientists to join its Antarctic exploration mission. China's first exploration to the pristine land in 1984 was also supported by Australia. Over the years, the two sides have been speeding up efforts in exploring Antarctica, delving into research on the impact of climate change on the region's ecosystem, as well as Antarctica's role in climate change. For more on this, I spoke with Chen Xi, PhD candidate of the Australian Studies Centre at East China Normal University. Could you please give us a brief overview of the cooperation between China and Australia in the Antarctica? Ah、uh, yes. So、uh, we all know that Australia is one of the closest countries to the Antarctic continent. It has long been very active in the Antarctic region. So it actually joined the British National Antarctic Expedition to land in the continent, like in 1901. And its first large-scale scientific expedition starts from、uh, 1911. So compared with Australia, China is quite a、um, we can say latecomer to this wide continent. So China commenced its Antarctic course in the very early uh 1980s, and Australia has been one of the. Most important partners ever since. So over the past forty years' time, the two countries have gradually established a、uh, very close and sound Antarctic partnership. And also, this bilateral cooperation has gradually expanded in both fields as well as scope, and has played a quite positive role in promoting the、um, development of both countries' Antarctic course as well as. The The reform of the international Antarctic governance. So actually, at the very beginning, like during the nineteen、uh, eighties, it was mainly Australia、uh, which helped China at that time to start its Antarctic course, because China at that time was actually have no,、uh, nearly no experience in、mm-hmm. in polar expedition. So China's Antarctic exploration initially focused on、uh, learning from countries with long and rich. Scientific research practices.、Mm-hmm. So, as one of the countries most experienced in Antarctic scientific research, Australia has provided China with valuable and important suggestions on the various fields of、um, things related to like、um, Antarctic research. So, therefore, with Australia's assistance, China has、uh, gradually accumulated valuable experience in Antarctic scientific research, as well as like. Construction of both Antarctic research stations and icebreakers, and also like the op- 
uh, operation of the Antarctic Treaty System. We can see that um, in the very early stage of um, China's Antarctic course, uh, this kind of um, cooperation between China and Australia laid a very good foundation for accelerating China's construction of its Antarctic infrastructure and facilitated the two countries to achieve innovative progress in um, scientific research. And um, after the uh, successful completion of the Zhongshan Station mm -hmm. at the end of the um, 1980s, China officially opened a new chapter of its scientific investigation in the Southeast Antarctic continent. And the Zhongshan Station is very adjacent to the Australian Davis Station, which provides very convenient conditions for the two countries to cooperate in scientific research activities in Antarctica. So in the face of like similar research geographical areas and uh, as well as fields, um, China and Australia has uh, relied on independent scientific teams, um, but to carry out joint investigations in East Antarctica. Uh, both sides like um, shared camp facilities, uh, logistics, and regularly share scientific research data. So unlike the uh, 1980s we just mentioned, when China's Antarctic scientific research activities were highly dependent on Australia, China's Antarctic scientific research capacity has been greatly improved since the 1990s. The mode of kind of um, cooperation has gradually changed from uh, depending largely on Australia to a more equal partnership. So this partnership lasts until today. Mm -hmm. China and Australia have um, established during the past 40 years like a, a cooperative relationship in such areas like logistics, scientific research, environmental protection, mm -hmm. as well as cultural exchanges. Australia has helped China overcome difficulties in infrastructure construction and also supported China's accession to the Antarctic Treaty System and worked with China to break through obstacles in Antarctic scientific research, participated in the reform of Antarctic governance and witnessed China's gradual development into a major Antarctic country. So mm -hmm. and at the same time, the kind of this continuous expansion of China's Antarctic course has also begun to make very positive contributions to the development of Australia, its Antarctic industry currently. Mm -hmm. And specifically, let's say, when it comes to environmental protection and ecological conservation in the region, what has been achieved mm -hmm. over the years from this partnership? And could you please share with us some of the key accomplishments? Uh, yes, so uh, environmental protection and ecological conservation are very important themes or topics in the Antarctica. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, like China and Australia, the two countries had jointly participated in the construction of the Antarctic governance system. So in accordance with the requirement of the Antarctic protected area system, these two countries jointly established the, uh, we call it, Lassman Hughes Antarctic Special Management and the Gulf of Armand and Penguin Antarctic Special Protection Areas. The two countries have um, also strengthened their coordination 
as well as cooperation in scientific research planning, as well as implementation programs, so as to like protect the regional environment. Also, marine scientists from both countries, they have conducted research in the Southern Ocean to analyze the effects of climate change on like fish concentrations. So they have used isotope and DNA techniques mm -hmm. to understand the dietary patterns of uh, elderly penguins over thousands of years. And in view of uh, with a fishery resource management and marine policy conservation, scientists from China and Australia, they organized thematic discussions and jointly participated in the Creole Action Group of the Antarctic Scientific Research Committee in order to study the ecosystem-based management model of uh, Antarctic mm. Creoles. So these are all the kind of um, examples of both countries contributing to the environmental protection of this continent. Mm -hmm. I think actually you've mentioned a lot, um, but I'd still like to know that what are the notable contributions in this this bilateral cooperation has made towards the preservation mm -hmm. and study of the Antarctica. Uh, one example uh, I think that is of great importance is the cooperation in Dome A. So the Dome A, it mm. is actually the highest point of the Antarctic inland ice sheet, uh, which is rich in global climate as well as atmospheric environment information. It has always been one of the four contested points in Antarctica. For Australia, its Antarctic expedition once conducted a, we call it, snow-covered crossing of the Lambert Glacier Basin between Mawson Station and uh, the Lussman Hughes. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, like the scientists, they collected ice cores along the way and set up automatic weather stations to transmit data. But although Australia has dozens of automatic weather stations in the East Antarctica, there was always a data gap in Dome A, which is widely regarded as the coldest place on Earth. And in January 2005, Chinese scientists successfully reached the top of Dome A and measured the attitude. So this is kind of achieving the feet of men reaching the highest point of Dome A from the ground mm -hmm. for the first time. And soon after that, China and Australia, the two countries jointly deployed automatic meteorological monitoring stations there to monitor like uh, wind speed, temperature, pressure, or we say like uh, wind direction, solar radiation, things like these, and like this information, just filling the gap mm -hmm. in the collection of um, climate data in the Antarctic region. At the same time, like uh, uh, these two countries also cooperated in sea ice remote sensing verification experiments mm -hmm. to verify and also improve satellite sensors to derive sea ice ge uh, like geophysical algorithm mm -hmm. and also jointly conducted research on like floating ice areas near Casey Station of Australia. Mm, we can see uh, this bilateral cooperation is definitely benefiting the uh, preservation of the Antarctica. How is this collaboration between the two sides influencing environmental strategies within their respective domestic spheres? And could you also please share with us some examples? 
Well, in terms of like environmental management,、mm-hmm. Australia has maintained its leadership in this field for quite a long time. It has formulated like policies as well as regulations for、uh, environmental protection and pollution control in Antarctica. Promoted like international conventions on environmental protection in Antarctica. For example, the、um, the latest policy we call it Australian Antarctic Administration's environmental policy、um, describes Australia's current environmental management measures,、um, which includes the、um, development of、um, Antarctic environmental protection policies and regulations,、um, the provision of Antarctic environmental education and training,、mm-hmm. as well as the implementation of environmental assessment of Antarctic activities, and on this. Basis, the Australian Antarctic Division has led a series of research projects on the Antarctic environment, such as there are two like、uh, projects we call it study on the impact of human activities on Antarctica, also a study on Antarctic marine living resources,、mm-hmm. and in response to the pollution problem in Antarctica and the Southern Ocean, Australia also promotes its national plan for maritime environment emergencies and the. Australian Antarctic Marine Pollution Contingency Plan to reduce the impact of、um, marine pollution caused by environmental emergencies. Australia is also planning to clean up Antarctic waste、mm-hmm. and pollution and to assess the extent of waste pollution and its risks and impacts. So. In terms of like environmental strategies, Australia is indeed a pioneer in this regard. It is worth learning from these good practices,、mm-hmm. and also there are very great potentials for the bilateral cooperation between China and Australia、mm-hmm. to like coordinate in this regard in the future.、Mm-hmm. And in what ways is this partnership contributing to the broader global climate actions? Uh, yeah, we say that、um, Antarctica is a very ideal location to study local to global scale climate change because it has many data here. Scientists could even study about the effects of very small climate changes in great details. It is believed by scientists that、um, once they Understand how things work in Antarctica. They can use this knowledge to make predictions about the impact of climate change elsewhere. And also, Antarctica acts like an archive for ancient history. Small amounts of air get trapped in the ice, and it can reveal climate information from the past. So scientists have charted greenhouse gas levels from、um, as far back as like eight hundred thousand years,、wow. and ice core data shows that temperatures were warmer when there were more greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, and vice versa.、Mm-hmm. And also, studying climate change in Antarctica is very important because it enables scientists to predict more. Accurately, the future climate change,、mm-hmm. and so as to provide information to politicians as well as to policymakers.、Mm. And、uh, how do you foresee this partnership forging ahead? What are the challenges and what are the potentials? Well,、um, the bilateral 
partnership looks good currently, but definitely there are challenges as well. Uh, we, we we should mention one thing that in November 2014, that Chinese President Xi Jinping visited Australia and paid a very special visit to Tasmania, mm -hmm. witnessing the signing of the uh, Memorandum of Understanding between China and Australia on cooperation in Antarctica and the Southern Ocean. However, one thing for sure is that for either China or Australia, there are challenges that could be resolved or alleviated only through ongoing cooperation instead of confrontation. Mm. We say for Australia, uh, for example, Australia's efforts to improve its construction of Antarctic infrastructure are faced with significant shortfalls such as um, technology as well as capital. Mm -hmm. And in um, 2016, Canberra once planned to spend like five years to build a new research station on Macquarie Island, which was then changed in 2021 to renovate the original site and extended the estimated time of the project to seven years. Two years later in 2018, Australia announced that it would build Antarctica's first concrete airstrip near the Davis Station. Mm. Well, this proposal was actually like halted at the end of 2021 on the grounds of uh, environmental impact in Antarctica. Actually, the real reason was that Canberra cannot afford the construction cost and difficulty of a 2,700 airport runway and related aviation facilities. So the complexity of sea, land, as well as air logistics in Antarctica and the Southern Ocean means that there will always be a um, certain degree of dependency among countries conducting scientific activities in the region. Well, the continuation of scientific research in extreme weather and natural conditions like these is highly dependent on international cooperation. There are great potentials for countries like Australia and China to cooperate and coordinate. For example, confronting with the uh, harsh natural environment here in Antarctica, timely and effective international rescue is of great importance for long-distance emergency response and evacuation in extreme environments. And mm -hmm. in this regard, China and Australia, the two countries, have jointly established the East Antarctic Emergency Coordination Group with other countries to share information on logistics support as well as emergency coordination. And I think in the end of um, 2013, the Russian icebreaker, academic Shokalaski, was mm -hmm. st stranded in thick ice in Antarctica. China mm -hmm. and Australia at that time called on um, several icebreakers, including Australia's Aurora Australis, China's Snow Dragon, and also shipborne helicopter and the fixed-wing helicopter Snow Eagle 12 we have, to cooperate and rescue the Russian sheep. So we can see from a case like this that cooperation, like we just mentioned, will always be very essential in Antarctica. 
Wow, and I think that's a lot of interesting information and insightful ideas on how China and Australia have been cooperating in the Antarctica, and、uh, how important the Antarctica is in global climate action. But、mm. um, last but not least, there's growing interest in the. Antarctic tourism. Many people, including me, and and I think you as well, have the、yep. <laughs> desire to visit this pristine land. How do you perceive this trend? Is it a challenge to the Antarctic ecosystem,、mm. or an opportunity to heighten global awareness and reinforce its protection? Right. It is true that、uh, the number of、uh, visitors to the Antarctic continent has been increasing for years. According to the International Association of、um, Antarctica Tour Operators, a record of more than one hundred thousand people visited Antarctica over the twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three Austria season. So, if we see from data, except the post financial crash, two thousand eight to nine season, and the、uh, pandemic affected summer of. Twenty twenty to twenty twenty one, when just like fifteen tourists visited Antarctica, the numbers have risen steadily over recent years.、Yeah. Most tourists they would choose to visit the、um, Antarctic Peninsula, which is more temperate, accessible, and and rich in、uh, wildlife.、Mm-hmm. The tourists they could fly directly from the、uh, Chilean Air Force landing strip. Which sits above on on, on a very shallow plateau.、Yeah. We can't deny that、um, it is very good to have tourists get to know this amazing place because people will always protect what they love. But it's necessary at the same time that、um, people should know how to protect this pristine land. With too many、uh, tourists coming from the northern hemisphere. Individual carbon footprints will become very high in Antarctica, and、mm. for now, tourism in Antarctica still remains a quite elite and exclusive pursuit. So it is very important for countries such as Australia and China to cooperate in order to establish a global management system of tourism-related activities in Antarctica. At the same time, I think Australia also provides an alternative way of we call it visiting Antarctica without setting foot on this continent. We see that despite the recent rapid growth of、um, Antarctic tourism in recent years, Hobart, which is an Antarctic gateway city in Australia, its overall share of Antarctic tourism is actually、uh, very small compared to. Other gateway cities in South America, and one of the many reasons is that Australia has very strict domestic environmental policies and regulations. And instead, Hobart has adopted an alternative way for people to visit Antarctica. It has established Antarctic museums in Hobart. And has organized Antarctic festivals and other activities for people who are interested in Antarctica to learn more about this continent. So, surely, countries like Australia and China should cooperate to establish a global management system.、Mm. But definitely, there are more ways that、uh, we can think about in order to have more people know about this white continent and protect this continent at the same time. 
That was Chen Xi, a PhD candidate at the Australian Study Centre at East China Normal University. Now let's follow Wang Zihang to catch up with the latest climate development across the globe. China's 40th Antarctic Scientific Expedition Team has set sail. The five-month mission will focus on investigating the impact of climate change on the Antarctic ecosystem, as well as Antarctica's role in climate change. Italy is bracing for the latest round of extreme weather, with heavy rains and potential flooding forecast for central and northern parts of the country, and high temperatures in the south. Experts have gathered in Nairobi to discuss ways to unlock the climate finance required to accelerate Africa's transition to low-carbon economic growth. A report says Australia underwent its driest October since 2002, with the nationally average total rainfall being 65.4 percent below the 1991 to 1990 average. Still in Australia. A government report shows the increasing severity and intensity of heat waves is driving a rise in the number of Australians hospitalized due to extreme weather. Ahead of the 28th session of the Conference of the Parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, COP28 President-designate has called for a fairer deal on climate financing for the Global South. That's all we have for this edition of Climate Watch. To listen to this episode again and to catch up on our previous episodes, you can search Climate Watch on major podcast platforms or visit our website, radio.cgtn.com. You can also contact us via radio at cgtn.com. All your comments and advice are valued. Climate Watch is a weekly podcast brought to you by CGTN Radio. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. <music>